1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard The 8 point gap at the top remains After both Rangers and Celtic were held at the weekend It's now Scottish Cup time As Aberdeen prepare to visit Ibrox tomorrow And a huge game in Paisley tonight As Kilmarnock come to St Mirren I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Evans. Not often the Celtic and Rangers fans are left frustrated By a weekend in which neither side lost But they are Dropped points Lost opportunities Fine margins There is still work to be done Before the league champions Go to their coronation And then there's the other end of the table Kilmarnock have had the sun in their backs In Tenerife Now they've got a weight to lift off their shoulders In Paisley tonight Eight games No wins But St Mirren just need a draw To get off the bottom Tasty Alec Yeah absolutely sure I think that frustration is the correct word to use For the old firm at the weekend Motherwell continue to impress Big, big win for Partick Thistle at the weekend Getting off the bottom as well So plenty to talk tonight As, as always, plenty to discuss 0141-951-1025 That's the number you need Get your calls in nice and early uh, You can also tweet us at Clyde SSB It's a bit of a recurring theme Hugh Keevens We've mm-hmm. had unsavoury incidents Week on week It seems like As always, we're going to stick to our guns We're going to call it out But we're going to do football first Football's sure. the most important thing So, um what are your thoughts briefly Before we talk football And then we move on To the unsavoury stuff But later on I accept That The gap between Celtic and Rangers At 8 points Means that It's all in Celtic's favour Where the title is concerned However with 27 points Left to play for And two meetings Of Celtic and Rangers Still to come in the league That is why I say There is still Work to be done Before the Title holders Are confirmed Absolutely So it remains an exciting close to the season Right, what did you make of your team's performance at the weekend? Celtic fans, was that a missed opportunity for you? Given that Rangers had dropped points the night before And I suppose Rangers fans, that was a drop, a missed opportunity for you as well So let us know what you think Let's look back on all the performances, all the teams out there Give us a call right now 0141 951 1025 The big game on Saturday here in Glasgow With Celtic against Aberdeen it was a bit of a damp squib in the end It finished goalless Here were the thoughts of Neil Lennon A little bit flat A little bit leggy But I understand that You know, I don't think the time to adjust last week And the games went bump bump But just, there's always going to be a little bit of a lull And you could just see that And I think it's more psychological than anything else You know, we just, we just like that little bit of pizzazz In the final third But we've had Three really difficult games to negotiate in 10 days, so we'll come out of it unscathed and um, you know, we'll get them together again, give them a couple of days rest and then move forward. Analyse maybe what things we could have done better, but just physically they just looked a little bit off it today and I understand that. Did you think that might always come given yes. what's happened in the last Yes, absolutely. Time? It's just a natural, you've got that adrenaline rush for a couple of days and then there's always going to be a bit of a lull afterwards. So we take the point, still unbeaten since the turn of the year. Could have been better, no question of that. But um, the, these players are giving me everything, and some of them are unknown themes. You know, we've got a lot of squads decimated at the minute with injuries, and hopefully we'll get a few more bodies back and quality players to add to what we already have. It's all too good to be true for Celtic, wasn't it? Rangers dropping two points at Easter Road the night before Celtic, with Neil Lennon having his homecoming at Celtic Park, uh, sixty thousand crowd. It was all there. 
And it fell flat And Celtic tried everything Burke Edward Weir No one could find the way to goal The greatest threat to the Aberdeen goal Was actually Christopher Ayer uh, So it was flat Why it was flat I, I don't know uh, Because it should have been there For the Celtic players to respond to After the Rangers result the night before Now they're away to Dundee and I know that Dundee by the close of play tonight Could be bottom of the league table But on the road is where Celtic have toiled this season So big afternoon next Sunday at Dens for Celtic This weekend summed up the nature of a rivalry Alex Ray Because both sets of fans are utterly convinced That it was their missed opportunity at the absolutely. weekend When for us it's easy to sort of take a step back And say well it was both, both, yeah, both missed an opportunity Yeah we often say in the programme The one who plays first which was Rangers in this case Had to apply pressure onto Celtic Because when you consider I think one of the things that we've missed along the way as well, Neil Lennon talks about leggy and, you know, a reaction to losing Brendan Rodgers. For me, you have to give Aberdeen credit as well. When you look at their form, seven away, wins in the bounce and a draw uh, against Celtic at Parkhead was impressive and he made it difficult for Neil's boys on the on the day. So uh, you have to give Aberdeen that bit of credit. But also, you know, looking back to Rangers, they will be kind of going nuts because what an opportunity to put pressure on and that's sometimes what's a frustrating thing for Rangers fans. That would that would be the the way to describe it. Neil Lennon said himself he was a bit flat. I mean, it wasn't a terrible performance. Celtic had chances. Aberdeen had a couple of chances. It was just one of those afternoons. It wasn't a classic, and it was probably certainly close to a fair result. Gordon DL said at half time that it was fairly dire, and that you know that players were not making a contribution. Uh, and I think that was the case. You know, Scott Sinclair had one of those Scott Sinclair days. Uh, Oliver Burke Who's looked very threatening uh, Ceased for the day To look threatening uh, Edward couldn't get anything off on goal And uh, when Timothy Weir came on He wondered if this might be the kind of Cameo appearance which he specialises in But he fell flat as well Come on then let's hear from you Was it a weekend of missed opportunities You tell us 01419511025 Let's set the scene with hearing from Stephen Gerrard Then it's over to you Realistically is that the title tilt going to Maybe it was already out of reach I don't know You can get away with a performance like tonight Once a season maybe Twice if you're lucky When you're chasing a team Or trying to chase a team that's Won the last seven trophies out of seven. You can't have five or six performances like tonight. And it's happened three times against Hibs. It's happened against St. Johnston at home. It's happened against Dundee away. So I'm responsible for that. And I will try and address that and improve us in that area. And hopefully these nights only come around maybe once or twice a season. And then we might have a chance. But five, six times a season, good teams don't let you get away with that. I don't concede anything sitting here right now. We've got a huge game on Tuesday. Very important game and... I'm sure everyone will report and speak about that's even more important now after tonight's results. I get it, I understand it. We realise where we are and we need to try and get an important victory on Tuesday but I won't sit here and concede anything. 0141 951 1025. Let's hear from you. Craig is a Rangers fan. He's first up. Hi Craig. How are you doing, Gordon? Not too bad at all. Um, <clears throat> well, I just wanted to... I mean, that game on Friday night, I, I thought, you know, we were brilliant in the game. We played well. Um particularly in the first half. And, you know, my biggest disappointment with the first half was that we weren't, you know, two or three up when we should have been. You know, it's it's about being clinical when you're in top. And we just simply are not doing that right now. Um, and it's frustrating because we'll play really well in the first half. We'll be all over a team. We, you know, going at half time could be 
you should be two, three up. They'll come out in the second half and then it fizzles off. I don't know if that's a problem with the fitness levels, players, but it just seems that that intensity seems to just delve away a wee bit. Um, and, you know, De- you know Stephen Gerrard's interview, a part I gave him, you know, I think, I don't like the fact that while he's right to say what he said in terms of criticising the air, he omits the fact that, you know, there were a couple of big decisions that went against Rangers as well on Friday. You know, David Gray should have been sent off for at least two bookings, if not the Morelos one itself, could have easily been a red card. And there was a foul in the build-up to Hibbs' goal. And for me, there was maybe an offside in there as well. So, you know, as disappointed as I'm in Rangers' performance, I also don't like the fact that a couple of big decisions that could have changed the game didn't go our way either. And I think that had an impact on whether I was getting three points or Stephen Gerrard did comment on the, the foul that was not given uh, on uh, James Tavernier before Hibbs went up the park and equalised so he did comment on that but I do agree with you I thought that uh, Darren McGregor should have gone first half for the challenge on Alfredo Morelos and uh, on the two yellows count David Gray should have gone second half as well uh, the referee Stephen McLean didn't cover himself in glory um, however your initial point that Rangers are Letting themselves down uh, I think is a, a point well made Because they've had their chances To, to claw back Celtic uh, You look at Celtic on the other hand You know they've gone to Kilmarnock And that they've scored a winning goal In the last seconds They've gone to Tynecastle Winning goal, last seconds uh, They persevere And uh, when the chips are down Sometimes Rangers don't Alex Ray, I mean, both both can be true as, as yeah. Craig mentions. It doesn't have to be all about the performance. It doesn't have to be all about the ref. You can be disappointed in both at the same time. Absolutely, I think you make some valid points here. Uh, I totally agree. We were talking prior to coming on the show that David Gray should have been yellow carded for the foul. I think it was on Kamara earlier on. It was cynical, and they are the ones that frustrate managers. Uh, we were talking about the Tavernier one as well, Craig. That for me, he doesn't even get near the ball. But again, I'll reiterate what I said on the show on Saturday. Rangers then have to manage that better because they had six players goal side of the ball to Hibsy's four. Now, see if you set up a coaching drill and they're six v four in your favour. The chances of scoring are very slim. So they have to do so much better. They have to recognise, we spoke about this as well, Candias has ran 70 yards and then stops and doesn't recognise that extra five or six yards would have made the difference. Um, the boy... Uh, Warrell uh, has to track the runner better from going down the side. He has to stop the cross. And then you've got uh, goals in the middle not recognising the boys off his back shoulder. So there's so many mistakes on the back of Stephen McLean's initial mistake. So for me, they have to see out the game. We spoke about it with you and the guys in the studio as well about managing out the game when you get into a lead. And I totally agree. You have to be so much more clinical because when you look at the three games uh, that they had recently, where it was at 14 goals in three games, they were clinical So again It's costing them There's a frustration there Stephen Gerrard's highlighted this Because if you are going for titles You can't afford to carry too many of them And five or six of them is probably too mm. much Final word to you in this Craig I think um, You know I agree with what the, the, the boys are saying You know for me um, The reason that Celtic are eight points clear of Rangers right now um, Is simply because Rangers Are not good enough At the minute You know The, the Celtic can play in games where they'll play poor, but they'll still find a way to win those games. And Rangers just are not doing that. You know, it's 
a 45 minute game for Rangers because the first half they're great the second half it's it's you know substandard at best and when you're trying to catch Celtic and close that gap I mean you need every point you can possibly get I mean Celtic drawing you know we could be sitting here talking about Rangers only being six behind Celtic and all of a sudden there's a real real title challenge back mm. on again um, Oh, don't know what that noise was Didn't sound too healthy Thanks to Craig uh, In Cumbernauld on the line John's on Twitter He says The points dropped against Hibs Were It was lucky Celtic Never took advantage Still two old firm games to go Hugh is right Rangers do have A chance Let's get the, the view From the other side If you like Brian's a Celtic fan How do you look back on The weekend Brian? Well Prior to the weekend We were eight points clear After the weekend We are still eight points clear the end of the day Aberdeen came to Celtic Park with a game plan and it worked out really well for them. Celtic were frustrated. Um, they matched us in certain parts of the ground and, and, and in other parts they were very unlucky not to leave with three points if you look at the, the late chances we may. Um, I, I, I see the boys, you know, I mean, the, the whole Celtic crowd was really buzzing before it because I see Aberdeen, and I mean, I'm not being... Ignorant to anybody at Ibrox I see Aberdeen still the, the nearest challengers Not in as much points But because their season A few seasons As second place and second best team In Scotland um, And they've proved that over the last few seasons So for them to come to Celtic Park And really play the kind of game That they played at the end of last season Which saw them being cemented as second They've done that on Saturday and, and they're not an easy team to beat regardless. And they'll come down to Glasgow in that Scottish Cup tie and I feel in an opinion of my own um, that'll put Rangers, that's their season over if they don't go through to the semi-final against us then their season is over for me in an but, opinion. But you know, you said that Aberdeen were still the, the nearest challengers that they are 16 points behind Celtic and Rangers are 8 points behind. Therefore, no they're not the nearest challengers. Uh, and I am going purely and simply I've said I took Celtic to win the league At the start of the season I've yeah. said All that happened on Saturday Was that a chink of light Appeared for Rangers Because they were plunged into darkness On Friday night A chink of light Appeared on Saturday The chink of light For me Is in one very simple Arithmetical point There are 27 points Still to be played for Therefore Rangers cannot be mm. Discounted and there are two games to play against Celtic So Celtic supporters have to leave their minds open To the fact that there is still work to be done Suppose from a Celtic perspective yep. Hugh The reason you would you, you would be frustrated at that missed opportunity But perhaps the reason like Brian You wouldn't be overly disappointed Because yes it's still eight points But it's one game less It's one game less yeah, now for, for Rangers to make that, that gap up it's not, it's not as big a deal for Celtic Drawn at the weekend as it is for Rangers Because Rangers are the chasing team And I take Brian's point in terms of the league It's another game out of the way uh, Steven Gerrard and the Rangers camp will be totally frustrated And tomorrow night's game Doesn't get any bigger Hugh In terms of the actual kind of Consequences for either or Because mm. effectively if Whoever loses this tomorrow night Season's ended You know obviously you still get second place Third place still up for grabs But you want to be in the hack and into that semi-final mm. against Celtic. I mean, but what is the likelihood, Hugh? Because you're you're obviously right. I mean, everyone knows you, you can't argue against the arithmetic. We know that Rangers could win the title. Can Rangers pick up, say, nine points more than Celtic can between now and the end of the season? When you spin it that way, that sounds a lot more difficult, doesn't uh, it? Sure, absolutely. Uh, but you discount nothing. Uh, I'm sure Brian will remember the season when uh, under Martin O'Neill, 
uh, Celtic beat Rangers And everyone assumed That's it All over and done with Then came a draw Against Hibs Which wasn't expected Then came the day At Fir Park When Celtic were a goal up And two Scott McDonald goals In the last five minutes Took the league Out of Celtic's hands And handed it to Rangers So You cannot Discount Anything While There are 27 points Left to be played for And the gap is 8 it was actually five points with four games to go that you are referencing there, Hugh. So uh, they have to get it down to a reasonable one which can actually get overturned going into the last couple of games. Thank you to Brian on the line. Reagan's on Twitter. He says, I thought Celtic's performance very disappointing considering everything that happened the night before and with it being Neil Lennon's first game back at home, it would have been nice to extend that lead at the top, but it was just one of those days. That's it, Hugh, the, the immaculate home league record is gone. Yeah. Uh, the immaculate domestic record since the turn of the year is also gone. So... These are small things in, in comparison to the big picture But nevertheless That's where the frustration comes from Yeah of course Now I, I go back to The game At Dens on Sunday Rangers play Kilmarnock on Saturday We'll see what happens there However When Celtic go to Dundee There can be no more Talk of Leggy Flat They're nine games away from Eight in a row So When they get to Dundee A Dundee side who have toiled all season long and who may, may be bottom of the league by the time that game kicks off. Celtic have got to give a performance on Sunday. Otherwise, a seed of doubt is going to be planted somewhere. The beautiful game is not always beautiful, unfortunately. Where I've been all too aware of that recently. The punishments, the criminal punishments, are already being handed out to fans who misbehaved at the weekend north and south of the border. We'll look at those situations after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. It is Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Get your calls in 0141 951 1025. If you would rather tweet, then we are at Clyde SSB. Uh, Hugh Keevans, it was another weekend which had a, a lot of excitement on the park, but unfortunately, some unsavoury stuff. I was going to say off the park But it was actually on the park yes. as well So listen Every week now It feels like we're rhyming off Incidents that, that we don't want to see Friday night Fan comes from the Hibs end Runs at James Tavernier In some strange attempt To boot the ball away they End up pushing and shoving And all the rest of it He's taken away um, He's been banned from all Scottish grounds And will be sentenced in April uh, For a breach of the peace uh -huh. And then yesterday Just if anyone thought It was only a, a Scotland problem you watch the, the Aston Villa-Birmingham game A fan runs on Assaults Jack Grealish He's been given 14 weeks in prison already And banned from all UK grounds um, For 10 years So I mean I was going to say What do you think It's fairly obvious Everybody Thinks it's ridiculous We have Anarchy On our hands Both sides of the border I watched my first football game As a small child In 1955 I have never In my life Witnessed anything like the fan who came out of the crowd And struck Jack Grealish This surely has to be the watershed moment For the whole game Where players have to be protected at their work Because that's where they are And uh, this unbelievable incident I think Has been dealt with quite leniently in my opinion I would think 14 weeks is a proper deterrent Now I can't comment on the sentencing of the person who came on and confronted James Tavernier because he has yet to be sentenced. However, that was part of the anarchy. For Tavernier, it must have been a shocking and frightening moment. 
uh, And to see these scenes Is thoroughly depressing We have a decent product here We have a better product than we've had for some time And yet it is marred by bottle throwing Coin throwing Sectarian singing Flare throwing It's an unsavoury environment at the moment And when people are talking about Having second thoughts about taking their children to football That's when football has to react For the good of the game as a whole Stephen Gerrard says he wasn't hesitating Taking his players off the field If he thought they were in danger He says fans that run on need to be dealt with seriously And should face lengthy jail sentences Fans have to take responsibility and, and think before they do these type of things because if it continues, someone's going to get hurt and hurt badly and no one wants it to get to that stage. Would you as a manager, if you felt concerned, would you prepared to take your team off the pitch? Yes, of course. If, if the situation, um, if there was a situation that I thought that was necessary to do, yeah, what we'd do is we'd speak to the police and the officials on the day and we'd make a collective decision, but I'd, it's certainly a decision I'd support if... Any of the players, my players or opposition players, were at risk, of course. I think that the police should come out and say the next person to enter a pitch without permission, like, for example, yesterday, gets a very, very strict sentence in jail. The only way to stop. Yeah, I've been uh, advocating uh, zero tolerance for a few weeks now, Gordon, and uh, I think fans have to take responsibility and we have to step back as well. This is actually escalating. It's on a weekly basis we're talking about this And we also have to put it in context as well We have a small element here Because yeah. I think on a weekly basis Gordon we have about 100,000 fans Give or take uh, Attend matches And we have a, 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 a Small minority who are causing carnage Now even when we were in the show last week Partick Thistle were playing And managers It was a, a, a barrage of coins Raining down at a manager This can't be acceptable So we have to find the relevant punishment for these individuals. We have to remove them from the game and ban them. Now, when Stephen Gerrard's talking about there, I'm not talking about Friday night, but if a fan comes on the pitch and he's just dancing about, I'm not sure sending him to jail warrants that for just stupidity. But I take uh, the point on board like uh, Jack Grealish yesterday, 14 weeks. There was a similar instance with Chris Kirtland and the guy gets 16 weeks several years ago. So when we take all that into consideration, we have to... Be responsible yep. in terms of the punishment as well We're back to this old debate though Hugh Keevans About what football's role in this is uh-huh. Because you've seen some of the rhetoric You've seen some of the reaction uh, uh, You know, I saw a comment from down south About armed police You know, yeah. we, we, are, we are in serious danger of overreacting here Whilst yeah, it is yeah. very, very serious And we hope something's done As always, this is what we do now We're in serious danger of overreacting I've also heard people say We need a deterrent We need to deter these fans Why is there not a deterrent? This guy's gone to jail for 14 weeks Yeah th- th- That is a deterrent So Why This thirst for For football to then Do something it. else on, on, on top of that I mean you're not telling me that 14 weeks in prison Is not a deterrent Of course well, it is Well Sure But It's all a matter of personal opinion I think for what he did 14 weeks And we know he probably served 7 of those uh, I, I think that was a light touch sentence That's a, Again that's a very different argument Because we're now straying into uh, With all due respect I don't think any of us no. are really qualified to comment On the way the judicial system hands out punishments f- for assault You know because it was on a football pitch d- Did we automatically add a few, a few more months on to that? But, but, but you said yourself That's a deterrent 14 weeks is a deterrent I don't think it's deterrent enough To dissuade someone from uh 
a copycat offence. What is then? Because if, you, if you're telling me that 14 weeks in prison is not a deterrent, but the idea that his team might be docked three points is a deterrent, I'm not really sure how, how that would work. I'm, I'm assuming this guy struggles with, with logic and reason. Well, I think, you know, to go back to what uh, Stephen Gerrard said, that's what I said in the programme on Saturday. Stephen Gerrard would have been well within his rights to just take all the Rangers players off on Friday night at Easter Road. As Neil Lennon would have been well within his rights the previous weekend when the bottle landed at Scott Sinclair's feet. This is simply unacceptable. Mm. And therefore, in order to make it a truly watershed moment and to make change effective, you have to make a dramatic gesture like that and just show to people. I mean, when the the guys going off the field at St Andrews yesterday, the Birmingham fans are applauding him. Yeah. So that was that, ridiculous, yeah, but, wasn't it? But to be fair, Hugh, in terms of the club, we've just seen the statement from Birmingham Air now they've actually condoned the guy's behaviour. The welcome, condemned. F- sorry, condemned. Don't make that mistake no, like the EFL yesterday. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, uh, the, the EFL also made a statement. So it was quick, it was fast, and I think that's what people are looking for here. They're looking for a quick response. Graham's a Rangers fan in Balonok. You're going to give us some sense for all this madness, Graham. Hi, panel. How are we doing? All right. Yeah. Hi, Graham. Hi. It's basically just. To touch on everything that's been spoke about, um, just just there on your on the panel, mm-hmm. um, it's just it's every day of the week. The, I pick up the newspapers every morning, and I'm online every morning, and every single time, not enough every day of the week. That's all you're hearing is bad press about this, bad press about that. But I watch more. I'm a Rangers fan, but I watch most games if they're on the telly. I watch them, and there's some good football. There's exciting players and up here in Scotland, and they're just not getting spoke about whatsoever. And it's just getting overshadowed by the bad press. Now, I understand you, one of the panel said there about obviously this guy serving 14 weeks, but probably only served seven. I guarantee these guys that's running on the pitch and stuff like that, they've probably served time before. So, this seven week punishment or 14 weeks punishment, it's a holiday to them. There's something there new. Some, there's something going wrong. Some, yeah, yeah. You know, I. I, I Manchester United played Paris Saint Germain at Old Trafford in the first leg of their Champions League tie. And when Angel de Maria went over to one corner of the ground, a bottle came flying out of there at Old Trafford, the Theatre of Dreams, one of the the temples of football uh, in this country and beyond. And I thought, well, if you get a bottle thrown at a Champions League match at Old Trafford, there is truly something gone wrong with the game as a whole. And we need... The police, the courts and football To get together on this And work out where we go from here Because my belief is that truly Tougher sentencing would act as a deterrent But in the meantime If it were to happen somewhere this weekend Would the manager concerned Be entitled to just say No, I'm taking matters into my own hands I'm bringing them off Because I don't think my players are safe yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a good option. I think, I think personally myself, if that happens, or things like that happen, the managers pull the players off the pitch. If that game gets abandoned or cancelled, that I, I personally think that's the, the way mm. to go forward. Because yeah. the my majority of the fans will overrun the, the minority, and these handing out jail sentences and and you know courts maybe overlooking stuff like this and a slap in the wrist. That is not going to work long term. I think pulling the players off the pitch, the game abandoned. Then that mm. I think personally is the way there is a way forward to solve it. Yeah, Graham's probably onto something, Hugh, because I've seen this. You keep seeing this. What if he was carrying a knife? What yeah. if he was carrying? And 
yeah, that, that, of course that that's a possibility. Making perhaps a, a little bit of a leap there, but particularly Jack Grealish, and of course this um, applies to, to, to James Tavernier as well. That easily could have ended up in an injury that, that forces that player off off yeah. the field of play. Yeah. And at that point, then mm. you've got a serious problem on your hands, don't you? Well, I think the players and their manager are entitled to say, look, you wouldn't find that acceptable in your place of work if somebody came out of the blue and attacked you. Mm. And that's where the football argument does come in because it's surely football has a duty to protect the players. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what if Fraser Wishart did... Have his players ballot for strike action And they all decided No no Until the Neds go away We're not coming back out You know It's ridiculous What we're witnessing now It's ridiculous that we have A, a, a league That's vibrant Top and bottom And we're not talking about the football As often as we should Because we are forced Periodically To go on about Coin throwing Flare throwing Sectarian singing mm. Bottle throwing And now we've got not just bottle throwing, flare throwing and coin throwing We've got people throwing They're throwing themselves onto the park now to, to have a go at players yeah. And that's why we always talk about you know ideas for, for policing Making things yeah. better And you know you can talk all you want about increased searches outside the ground To make yeah. sure people don't get bottles or whatever in But th- that wouldn't have helped on Friday night That wouldn't have helped at, at, you know, yeah. at the game yesterday Because it wasn't a missile We've got this overall issue it's, it's not about just clamping down on things being thrown there's more yeah. to it than that well that that's the thing Gordon cause, because there is two or three cordons before you get through to your particular seat so that that has been taken that's what the clubs have put in place to take their measures and unfortunately you cannot legislate so even though Hugh is saying take the players off and strike at what point does that individual go oh they might go and strike because it's, you're actually dealing with someone who is irrational and thinks that behaviour is acceptable so then you have to think what is the punishment let's deal with these guys I'll tell you what's even more boring about it Hugh Keevans in this social media age is all the all the weird conspiracies all the arguments that are missing the point I'd usually just ignore tweets like this but oh. let's take Bounty Hunter for example who's furious because I referred to the Jack Grealish incident as assault and I did not refer to the, the James Tavernier one as assault and therefore I'm biased against Rangers and the show is biased against Rangers Bounty Hunter the guy who ran on for Jack Grealish has been convicted of assault the guy who went at James Tavernier has not his was breach of the peace that's why it wasn't assault that's yeah. not me making that up that's the judicial system So we, we, we're just getting bogged down And all the Why are you calling this one that And why are you not saying the same thing And I didn't hear you calling out that one yeah. That is missing the point completely yeah, Absolutely As I say We have anarchy within the game It is widespread It is from Birmingham to Leith And we have to be addressing the situation In a robust and serious manner And I would like to think That from the SPFL and the SFA Sooner rather than later There would emerge Some leadership Some form of leadership Because This is affecting The Scottish game You had uh, Stephen Gerrard Say that players Might think twice About coming up here To play football In this country You cannot tolerate that Then you've got to Nip this in the bud You've got Steve Clark Talking about Are we still In the dark ages here Yeah Hmm. Yeah we are 
Yeah, Raffles is on Twitter He says Nobody wants to see fans in the pitch But to claim violent conduct Is inherent to football Is incorrect More people will be attacked On any weekend in Glasgow By an exponential factor Or at concerts To claim otherwise Is an absolute Nonsensical overreaction But no one said that We, we, we can only discuss Football What takes place Within the game of football What we do about it We know that society Has widespread problems We're discussing the problems As they exist Within the game uh, and Thomas McGurk also says Referees should be taking the teams off the pitch Not the managers The referee is in charge of the game This is important stuff We'll continue to call it out We might just try though And get back to the football And look ahead to Rangers against Aberdeen After the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Win the compensation you deserve Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here Taking your calls Reading your tweets And we're also building up to a game tonight as well Let's not forget St Mirren Against Kilmarnock in Paisley At Hugh Evans, We will take a, a closer look at that game A bit later on in the show We'll be going live uh, to that one But just briefly no disrespect to Kilmarnock They're on a bad run They need a result as well It just seems like a bigger game For St Mirren Because of where they are Well uh, You know Livelihoods are at stake there uh, If a club drops down a division now It's a very costly business Who knows how it will impact On the lives of those Who play for the club Or work for the club So of course It's a big deal for them We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB Lots of people reacting To the unsavoury stuff At the weekend Carol says The people who witness The throwing of bottles etc Should speak up Or games will be played Behind closed doors Um, Boy Seth says How about clubs invest In better stewards A guy on Friday Ran down two flights of stairs Lobbed the wall Right next to a steward If they'd been doing their job he wouldn't have made it onto the pitch I suppose it's hard for them as well isn't it But uh, let's try and talk football if we can Ian is a Rangers fan in the city centre What's on your mind tonight Ian? Uh, I want to talk about the referees it's Basically I know we've been over this and over it but No that's fine on you go on, Yeah honest to God I mean I've been absolutely raging for the game and I mean you can I mean you're talking about searching people When they come in um, Hooligans They should be searching people Like Stephen McLean and taking his He's, he's whistling his referees in the form of him. He's absolutely hopeless. I mean, can anybody on the panel explain to me how he cannot see that that was a foul from five yards away and why you get upset when people start to think that referees are going against them? Because when you're sitting watching things like that, you've been seeing a schoolboys game that are going to, that will affect the outcome of the title one way or another. And it's been happening all season. You sit and watch every single game, every weekend, and there's contentious, terrible refereeing decisions in every single one of them. Can anybody tell me why Steve McLean isn't getting put into the Botner, uh, the, the Botner Scottish football here for that? Because it was, I mean, there's no way he couldn't see that. If anybody tells me in the studio he couldn't see that, Something wrong. Ian, Ian, I, I, Ian, I was saying, I was saying prior to the show, I was talking to Gordon about this, and for me, it is a basic decision to make. I don't even think it was a, a difficult one. You think, oh, he was in the wrong position because, and again, this goes back to his football knowledge because the boy is on the wrong side. He dangles a leg, which Tavernier falls off, and for me, it was a stone wall fill at the edge of the box. I'll, I'll reiterate that Rangers should have dealt with the situation better with the six v four. Uh, for me, he missed the McGregor one as well. For me, it was a red card with the elbow or the his forearm. David Gray should have been sent off as well for two yellow cards, potentially a straight red with the one that he done Morelos on the touchline. And that's why people are getting um, 
up to high dough because of all this but this is across the board I, I hear fans from all across Scottish football complaining on a weekly basis about the standard and for me it's not good enough and we have summits where all the referees get together I've still yet to hear them come out and tell us how it's going to improve because rightly so they're concerned about you know safety with John Beaton and things that's that's 100% correct but at the same token how are they going to improve the simple decisions that they're actually missing and for me they're not doing that at the moment Well we had that meeting in Perth attended by most of the Premiership managers uh, and by representatives of the SFA, SPFL and the referees body that for me was just a PR exercise to deflect heat away from the situation we've had a very poor season all over with our referees and yes Rangers were the victims on Friday night it should have been a foul on James Tavernier uh, Darren McGregor and David Gray could both have gone off but weren't sent off however you get somebody saying oh what about Rangers against St Mirren when Andrew Dallas gave them four penalties and so on everyone's got pros and cons the bottom line is the refereeing standard is unsatisfactory at the moment and there's no point in talking about demoting referees because we'll run out then sure, uh, sure. the one thing that sorry Gordon the one thing that, that Rangers can control is they can defend that situation better a 6v4 and they manage to score there's question marks about how they're organising they're recognising danger Stephen Gerrard talks about mentality you cannot allow four guys to overturn six it just doesn't work for me. Ian, what do you make of Alex's point there about Rangers looking after the, the things that they can control? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with Alex saying. But what you've got to do is go to the root of the problem. The root of the problem is, yeah, Rangers didn't defend it properly. There's no way they defended it properly. Uh, Kandé standing with his hands on his knees was terrible when they were all over the place. But that should never be allowed to happen. I mean, it wasn't even as if it was contentious. I mean... Yeah. He's seen that I'll come out And I'll say He knew that was a foul And we're like Oh If anybody can Stick up for him Then I would love to hear it well, you're, you're, actually, entering, you're entering A different territory there You're saying He knew it was a foul But deliberately Did not give it uh, You know He might be a, a bad referee Or he might be a, a decent referee Who had a bad night But I just don't accept that as an explanation. Stephen Gerrard's telling his players to forget about a potential hand and showdown with Celtic in the semis and all the focus should be on Aberdeen tomorrow. He says they're well aware of how important the game is and says it should be a mouth-watering tie. I think any game against Aberdeen is always huge. The message for me is for, forget the semi-final. Um, we've got a big, tough challenge smacking us in the face tomorrow. Um, we need to go and perform at a level that's capable of getting us the right results. I think it'd be very naive of the players to be thinking about Hamden. We've got a job to do at Ibrox first and foremost. You know that's the the pressure you, you play at at Rangers. That's the pressure you sh- the, the pressure you should embrace and love and be excited about. Um, it's a fantastic game under the lights against a big rival for the chance to go into the last four. Um, that's Malfortin and for me, and it should be for the players. Sam Cosgrove is obviously suspended for Aberdeen, a key player following the past few months. How do you feel his absence maybe affects the game? Does that maybe kind of like a slight bonus to yourself? Well, he's a good player, you know, and he's, he's, he's scoring as well. You know, he's, he's, he's a player in form. He's, he's a big profile up there, so of course he's a good player, and I'm sure Aberdeen are disappointed he's missing. In terms of us, we focus on our players and uh, the availability of, of us. 
Aberdeen have got good players they're quite strong in that forward area so I'm sure they've got a suitable replacement whatever Derek decides to do but I'm not going to sit here and say how happy I am that a player's missing because that's not what type of manager I am I worry about my players and the availability of mine and we're in a healthy position so I'm pretty pleased Paul's a Rangers fan on the line Paul if we're in the middle of, of Hibs and Aberdeen what's on your mind looking back on one and looking forward to the other yeah hi panel Um uh, Quite interesting listening to Gerard there. Now, my main point was um, maybe Alec might know a bit more about this. I've been a wee bit frustrated in the sense of I think it's been a good season. Um, happy where Rangers have came from from a year's time. Um, we're still in a cup. You know, the league's still quite tight. No, anything can happen. You just have to look back at the helicopter Sundays and things like that. So um, I'm not discounting that either. But I've been a wee bit frustrated with the, the defence. I, I thought this year start off. Bright, and I was looking forward to like Goldson and Katic forming a partnership, but I don't understand how this Joe Worrell keeps getting a game. I mean, to be fair, he played one excellent game. I seen him um, in the Old Firm game um, at December time, it was, it was outstanding. But he's cost us three points against Kilmarnock. Every time I get the ball, my heart's in my mouth. Um, whereas Katic, we've invested a few million in this, this guy, and every time he's come in, when Stephen Gerrard Saston's come in, he's done a great job. and I don't know how his confidence will be when he comes in for the odd game and then he's out again. Um, so I'm a wee bit disappointed now because we look back at the starts, we, well, we qualified um, for the Europa League and you know, we weren't conceding many goals. And obviously when Worrell came in, he, he's just taking taking Katic's mm. place. So I kind of just want to find out what the panel thought of that maybe. Well, it's interesting what, you, what you're saying there, Paul, because my experience is the manager plays the player that he feels as if is the better Option for him He's clearly going with Worrell and Golson And if you look back at the last seven games I think they've conceded two goals So they're actually doing alright But in the, I take on board what you're saying In terms of the, the goal which we conceded against uh, Kamarnock Where he, he tried to do a little drag back in, in, in cost And then the, the whole complexion of the game uh, Turned on its head But he has actually started to look a little bit better And I think Stephen Gerrard And one of the things that fans look at But we paid two million for him He's the future and all that But Lone pair players are very much part of the system Now you look at Burke at Celtic Who's getting in in front of Edward So the manager in my opinion Picks the players that he feels as if Are a better option for him And, and clearly Worrell's ahead of uh, Katic at the moment They're not seeing out matches Bottom line You know if, As I said earlier Celtic persevere And get late goals At Rugby Park and Tynecastle. Rangers are not seeing out a game Latest example Easter Road the Pundit. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Big thank you to Paul and Crookston. My apologies for moving on so quickly. Time is against us. It's time for you to get involved if you fancy tonight's Beat the Pundit. There's a sign ball up for grabs. There's bragging rights up for grabs and the chance to get one over on Hugh Keevens or Alex Ray. If you fancy it tonight, 0141 951 1025. Be quick because you only have until the news at 7 o'clock. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here with me, Gordon Duncan. A bit of breaking news this evening. Scotland goalkeeper Alan McGregor has announced his retirement from international football. Now that would be a big story anyway, but particularly on the eve of Alex McLeish names his squad tomorrow for these upcoming Euro qualifiers I think most people imagined Alan McGregor was going to play mm. in those was going to start in both of them like he did recently um, 
But he won't because he's retired from international football Give us your thoughts on that please 0141 951 1025 We're also going to St Mirren against Kilmarnock after this Beat the pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday Yes, beat the pundit time Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are standing by They've been studying hard all weekend And one of them is up against Kevin from Yoker How are you tonight Kevin? I'm good, Gordon. How are you, Alex? Good, sir. You? Yes, fine, Kevin. Fancy your chances, Kevin. You sound quite confident, sound quite upbeat. Yeah, I've been on before and I won the Scotland tickets and you bet me. I want to show it, Alex. Want to go, Alex? Oh. Well, we'll toss the coin and see who you are up against. Uh, right, like heads, it's going to be Hugh Keevans and tails, it's Alex Ray. Let's see who we get on. It's tails. He's getting his shot at Alex just oh, like he wanted. So let me give. Good. Let me give Alex a bit of the old Clyde too Make sure that he can't hear what we are saying And we'll get your clock up and running If you've played before Kevin you'll know the drill 30 seconds head to head You can pass Here is your chance to beat the pundit You ready Kevin? You, you ready yep? Yeah Who scored Hibs goal against Rangers on Friday? Canberra Kilmarnock and which other team are on 47 points in the Premiership? Aberdeen Which current international manager Was in charge of Breakin Between 2006 and 2008 Oh In what year did James Tavernier Join Rangers 2012 What club does Stephen Fletcher Currently play for Sheffield Wednesday How many different Scottish clubs Has Alex McLeish managed Three Who were Celtic's Kit manufacturer Before New Balance Magnus Okay, let me bring Alex back. Alex, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Same set of questions to you. Are you ready? Yes. Who scored Hibbs' goal against Rangers on Friday? Pass. Kilmarnock and which other team are on 47 points in the Premiership? Uh, Hearts. Which current international manager took charge of Brecon between 2006 and 2008? Pass. What year did James Tavernier join Rangers? 2015. What club does Stephen Fletcher play for? Sheffield Wednesday. How many different Scottish clubs has Alex McLeish managed? Three. And who were Celtic's last kit manufacturer prior to New Balance? Nike. Okay. Oh, the bit of nightmare there. What do you think of the competition, Kevin? I think it's a coaching at Nike. Ah, see. I know. See the manufacturer. Let's go through them and find out. I mean, as far as starts go, I thought you had a nightmare here, Alex. Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. Who scored Hibs' goal against Rangers? Camberry. Camberry. Come on. Honestly No no, it wasn't come on It was Camberry No good one Uh, (laughs) Kilmarnock and which other team Are on 47 points In the Premiership It is Hearts So Alex equalises Straight away Which current international manager Took Brecon between 06 and 08 Michael O'Neill It was Michael O'Neill So it's still one all In what year did James Tavernier Join Rangers 2015 Alex got it on the nose It's my neighbour Stays the same road It was still a guess though Regardless of where he lives It's about getting the right (laughs) guess Let's be honest Uh, So that's 2-1 to Alex uh, you both get the next one right Sheffield Wednesday Is where Stephen Fletcher plays So it's 3-2 to Alex It then goes 4-3 Very tight You both got that Alex McLeish has managed 3 And Kevin you know what's coming Because Alex knew that it was Nike You get a bit mixed up in said Magnus Which I means know. he's done you 5-3 hard lines Kevin Unlucky Kev No it's not even that Alex I've been tweeting you Saying I would hammer you I know <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, at least they came on and gave it a go fair, And fair you can play, tweet Kevin, them back yes. Thank you to Kevin in Yoker 01419511025 A uh, bit of breaking news That's the beauty of this show Sometimes you think you're going one way And, and you go somewhere else yeah. Alan McGregor has today announced His retirement from international football So firstly 
What do you make of it? And secondly Who's going to play for Scotland in the upcoming games? Is it as simple as saying Right, Scott Bain, over to you Or have you got other ideas? 0141-951-1025 Let's not hang about though Let's go to St Mirren against Kilmarnock Because we've got a big game tonight And Andrew McLean is watching that one Yeah, under the lights here At the Simple Digital Arena The range just started here in Paisley so far Should be an interesting game though St Mirren unbeaten in their last three league matches It's the first time they've done that this season Impressive draws away to Aberdeen And Hearts followed by that 1-0 win Against Livingston last time out And with results going their way at the weekend Dundee and Hamilton both losing A win here would see them go two points above Dundee And sit with just one point behind Hamilton Although a draw would actually lift them off bottom spot as well But they're coming up against Kilmarnock's side That well they haven't had a great time of actually No wins in their last eight games, they've had a tough run of it to be fair Rangers twice in that run, Celtic, Aberdeen and Hearts, they've all played but even at that it's still a long way from the consistency that they're so used to under Steve Clark. as for team news, it's three changes for St Mirren going into this one, McPherson Dreyer and Nazon, they all drop out and it's Lyons, McAllister and Jackson that come in, it'll be more of a back five for them today, Paul McGinn, Jack Baird Mihai Popescu, Matteo Muzek and Ethan Erehon at the back with Vaclav Kladke in goals the midfield three, Stephen McGinn, Brad Lyons and Ryan Flynn with Kyle McAllister supporting Simeon Jackson up top. The substitutes, Holmes, Corbu, Ferdinand, McPherson, Dreyer, Mullen and Nazon. As for Kilmarnock, three changes for them as well. Waters, Tishpola and McElhenney, the ones dropping out, Taylor, Jones and Brophy come in. A 4-3-3 for them today, Daniel Backman in goal, a back four of Stephen O'Donnell, Kirk Broadfoot, Stuart Finlay and Greg Taylor. Midfield three, Gary Dicker, Alan Power and Rory McKenzie with Chris Burke and Jordan Jones. Either side of Eamon Brophy, the substitutes, McDonald, Chris Boyd, McElhenney, Waters, Miller, Millen and Tishbola. The referee for this one is Don Robertson. Let's hear from Warren Kearney. Don't know about struggling. I think when you look at the last 18 months, they've probably been as they've probably been. If you look in the dictionary for the term consistency, they've probably been right up there with 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 that uh, with that term. I think yes, it's coming back from the Christmas. They haven't maybe had it the way they would have liked to have it, but um, I think with the sides as as consistent as that, it's so important that we get our performance level right because when you meet sides of that are able to be just that week in, week out, you know it's going to take a really big performance to, to get a result. Hugh Keevens, Monday Night Football might not be everyone's cup of tea, but you get the chance to play under the lights. Mm-hmm. If you're St Mirren, you've sat back and relaxed all weekend. You've seen the likes of Hamilton Ackies get beaten convincingly at Motherwell. You've seen Dundee lose at home to Hearts. You must be chomping at the bit to go and try and do your bit and shake things up at the bottom. I think that applies to both clubs tonight because Kilmarnock have been to Tenerife for the uh, warm weather training camp uh, they are in the midst of a terrible run Eight games, no wins And this was a side that we all praised to the hilt uh, Because of the work that Steve Clark had done there So for both teams Kilmarnock want to come back from the, the training camp And want to show that they've they've taken a, a weight off their shoulders And they can win this match Because they've got Ibrooks to go to on the Saturday, and you don't want to go there with the record showing nine games, no defeats. Uh, so for both sides, big night. But of course, if you're to press me against the wall, it's a bigger night for St Mirren because they've got livelihoods at stake here. Yeah, for me, it's a, I'm really looking forward to it, Gordon. Uh, when you look at the the personnel, young McAllister on loan from Derby, Simeon Jackson back in, Flynn who scored the, the last minute winner the weekend. And then when you actually look at the Kilmarnock team, Brophy, Burke, Jones, you know, they've got firepower. And uh, 
I think it makes for a really good game tonight But it's an opportunity for St Mirren to get off the bottom psychologically 01419511025 Breaking news tonight is that Alan McGregor has retired from international duty So come on, get your calls in Tell us what you make of the news And also who should take his place Scott Bain is the number one for Celtic Most people would have expected him to be in the squad when it's named tomorrow Does that mean he goes straight in and becomes Scotland's number one? Or have you got another suggestion for us? Come on, 0141-951-1025 What do you make of it, Hugh? Fairy tale story If Scott Bain gets the, the nod uh, For the two matches upcoming Against Kazakhstan and San Marino uh, You know, out of favour at Dundee Goes to Hibs Celtic come in, take him He takes over from Craig Gordon Craig Gordon played no part at all On Saturday's match against Aberdeen Because of injury Doris De Vries was on the bench So what a fairy tale story From being out in the cold at Dundee To Scotland's number one yeah, I was very surprised to hear that news, Gordon, when you when you mentioned it earlier on. Uh, for me, Alan McGregor's the number one keeper in Scotland, but at his age, he's clearly decided that he wants to focus on uh, his job at Rangers. Uh, but what an opportunity for Scott Bain. You know, a couple of, I don't know, he was fighting with, with uh, you know, Neil McCann up there six months, a year ago, and now he's going to be the Scotland uh, number one goalkeeper. It's phenomenal. Uh, I mean, what a, what a colourful Scotland career! I think that just about covers it for Alan McGregor. Hugh, forty-two yeah. caps has performed very well when he's been in goal. Of course, he had the incident where he was he was banned from playing for for the national team or exiled, call it whatever you want. Yeah. Then he was he was brought back in. That was actually quite some time ago. I think it was yeah. about nine years now. I'm sure I'm sure he still cringes when he thinks of that, as Barry Ferguson does. Uh, they let themselves down, uh, and they were told in no uncertain terms that they had let themselves down. So overall. What can you say? Excellent goalkeeper, mm. as you say. Checkered past has had his disciplinary problems in the past, uh, as well as the episode with Barry Ferguson. Uh, well, but, funnily enough, I'm seeing a few cynical tweets suggesting oh. that this could be in retaliation to a SFA ban that he picked up. No, I'm quite sure that Alan McGregor has simply decided that he will elongate his Rangers career by passing on what remains of his Scotland career because goalkeepers like him. Can play on to uh, You know A ripe old age um, So I don't think That has anything at all To do with The Barry Ferguson incident From many years ago And fair play to everyone Who's tweeting Suggesting that we should Call up Anthony Emmy Well done We get the joke <laughs> And it is pretty good To be fair So I don't mind that Do you know my daughter Showed me that one uh, Last night on YouTube She had never seen it before 01419511025 On Twitter we are At Clyde SSB If there's any St Mirren Or Kilmarnock fans Heading to the game Get in touch We just heard the team news From Andrew McLean We had the thoughts There of Oren Kearney as well Let's speak to Alex Who's a Rangers fan From Airdrie uh, Alex your goalkeeper Is now no longer The Scotland goalkeeper He's just the Rangers goalkeeper What do you make of that news tonight? Um, well I would tend to agree with you And that uh... Um, he clearly has thought about it, and and I'd rather prolong his Rangers career than, you know, take any chances uh, playing uh, with the Scotland team. So, good luck to him. Um, I think he's made the right decision, and uh, we'll move on from there. Yeah, Hugh. I wonder if if you're at that stage where you're in two minds, and you, you the thing that always comes into your head, you know, the travelling, uh-huh. the being away. You look at that trip to Kazakhstan. I wonder if that <laughs> was tipped him over the edge. Well, I'm just looking at Alfredo Morelos has been called into the Colombian squad, and they're mixed up at Japan. Japan. Something. Uh, so, I mean, that that wasn't really the point of me contacting the program. No, that's fine. When you go, as far as Alan McGregor was concerned, my you know cards on the table. I'm a Rangers fan. 
watched the game on Friday night and I have to say that um, the incident with Morelos and McGregor had the roles been reversed, I don't think there would have been any doubt that uh, Morelos would have been sent off. I think the referee had a, a shocker, uh, totally inconsistent. Uh, I think uh, if he'd been doing his job right, uh, probably Hibbs should have finished up with nine men on the park. Uh, and as far as um, the incident with a guy jumping over uh, on, on, on the track, I mean, we, we, we saw that uh, Aston Villa incident yesterday. The guy was in court today. Uh, I don't know how the the um, Hibs guy will be dealt with, but apparently he's pleaded guilty to breaching the peace and mm-hmm. he's been banned from uh, all grounds in Scotland. Yep. Um, the, the other thing, I, I, I don't normally buy... Um, uh, newspapers, but I did buy uh, one of the, the national uh, today, and I read the Mr. Jackson, Keith Jackson, uh, one of his reports about uh, inappropriate behaviour, and it was the only report that went into detail, uh, and it was at a Livingston uh, game with Rangers, and uh, you know he went into detail about how uh, a linesman was his head was sliced open by a coin thrown by a Rangers fan. That's the only incident where the uh, perpetrators of any uh, misbehaviour have been named as supporting a team. So, how about that guy? Well, people always have their personal grievances. We have had a season which has been pockmarked by violent behaviour and the linesman at the Livingston game did suffer an injury. Blood was drawn uh, And that's undeniable By the same token It's undeniable That a coin was thrown At Chris Boyd By the same token It's undeniable A bottle was thrown At Scott Sinclair Uh, And we've had Various other Horrific sights To contend with James Tavernier Being the latest At Easter Road Last Friday So No one's attempting To have a go At one club just make sure you say the guy who came on was a Hibs fan. People get really upset if you don't. Yeah, so just he, make sure you say it. He came out of the same area of the Hibs support from which a bottle emerged a week earlier and and almost struck Scott Sinclair. So we're having a real bad time of it. We're not interested in he wrote this, he said that. Why are they always picking on this team? It's a widespread problem, not just in Scotland, but over the border as well. It's a widespread problem and we'll mm. get nowhere with this petty singling out of journalists or referees or supporters, we have a problem, widespread problem, and it's not helped by all of the whataboutery. Uh, I feel like there was a verging on a, not, not a celebration, but there was a, what does it call it, a sigh of relief? I don't know if, that, if that's right either. When the Jack Grealish incident happened yesterday, it was almost like, oh, see, it's not just us. Yeah, 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 it's not yeah. just us. It, yeah. It's them as well. That, and I'm that, not really sure if that if that benefits anyone. No, 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 not at all. Because uh, what what should we do? Should we set up a lame brains league and give them points on a weekly basis? Uh, so as I say, the game has a widespread problem in the United Kingdom, and the game, mm. in tandem with the courts, have got to get to the root of it and sort out. The matter. The one thing about us, Hugh, on this show, we've been consistent across the board in t- naming and shaming the incidents on this program. You know, we don't highlight one and don't highlight the other. I think the clear thing is that we're consistent with what we're trying to do. We're trying to eradicate it. We're trying to highlight. We don't accept this kind of behaviour. Mm. 
Thank you to Alex and Airdrie We've got a tweet come in here from Mark Loney uh, this is in the back of the news tonight that Alan McGregor has retired from international duty. He says, surely we should be looking to steal Angus Gunn under the nose of England. I think the Scottish FA have tried many times over the years. That's not to say that it, you know, it still couldn't happen. Um, but Angus Gunn, clearly of famous footballing stock. Brian Gunn's boy. And is a decent goalkeeper. Um, like I say, they've tried in the past, Maybe. One for the future if, if we could if things change But it doesn't look like they will Well interesting one For Big Alec now uh, You know because Craig Gordon's situation uh, He was injured at the weekend But apart from that He's no longer Celtic's number one goalkeeper uh, And if Scott Bain Is getting regular First team football That moves him To the head of the queue uh, But it's who Alec Brings in I think uh, Jordan Archer He'd be a Contender I suppose Down south He's been in squads of course I mean yeah. Could you really Is it impossible to imagine A scenario where, where Craig Gordon be, Goes back to being back Scotland in, yeah. number well, one a, Despite a, being behind Scott Bain though In, in the, the pecking order When he, he's also Scottish Could that happen? Yeah absolutely Gordon We've seen it before Where people haven't been played And actually then Stepped up and played For the international team I'm just looking at the boys Just such, I, a, but it's such an obvious comparison Because it's his absolutely. club mate Who's going to be in there yeah, you know, The well, guy but, that keeps him out At club uh, level Listen I think Bain Has been brilliant Since he came in He's actually secured That uh, position now And saying that Gordon I think um, Craig Gordon's injured At the moment If we take the, of course, the reports To the weekend true, yeah. Angus Gunn's not even securing a, a place, a starting place at, at Norwich. Gordon, he's only started 10 games. Some of them have been cup games this, this season. So, you know, he's not playing regular either. Uh, 0141-951-1025. Alex McLeish names his squad tomorrow. So who, who's going to be the new goalkeeper? Who's going to be the number one keeper? And if you've got any other suggestions as to who should be included, get them in. Because I'll tell you what, Ryan Christie's been out injured. Callum McGregor's been out injured. Oh. Stephen Fletcher got carried off for Sheffield Wednesday at the weekend. Lee Griffiths' situation is ongoing; he's unavailable. I don't think Fraser plays on Astrotuff either. If my memory serves me right, so you're going to have to get your suggestions in. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. I am available, Alex. No, not we're not that desperate. We'll oh. get your full time teaser up next as well. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for forty years. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We've actually got a very special guest on the phone. Wow. Uh-huh. Would you believe? And I'm going to reveal who it is in just a second. So let me quickly just get your question up and running for tonight, because I know you need as much thinking time as possible. <laughs> uh, and I hope our special guest who's listening on the phone doesn't butt in and tell you any of the answers, because that would be a disaster. Tonight, between now and the end of the show, you two are looking for the last 12 Scottish scorers in the English Premier League. So it should be simple. He says The last 12 Scottish scorers In the English Premier League Hold that thought You've got plenty of thinking time Right Monday night We're not often joined on the phone by Jeff Stelling Of Sky Sports fame Jeff how are you? Thanks for joining us Hi Gordon I'm fine And and look I couldn't tell you the last 12 <laughs> to be honest so You're absolutely safe Good. Um, yeah, yeah we're absolutely fine We're um we're at the Millennium Stadium in Wales at the moment, which is, is lovely. And we were at Hamden earlier in the day and, and Windsor Park as well. So we've done Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales in one day. Absolutely. Now, Jeff, the reason we're getting you on is because you're actually coming back to some of our, our other stadia across the country for a very special reason this September. Just explain a bit about what's going on and why you're paying us a visit. Well, in the past, Gordon, I've done two um, marches for men uh, through England, total of 25 walking marathons to raise uh, funds and to raise awareness of, uh, of prostate cancer. Um, but we put our heads together this year and thought, well, you know, 
The charity is called Prostate Cancer UK, and just as many men in Scotland and Northern Ireland and Wales suffer from prostate cancer as they do in England, we thought it was time to get out and bang the drum a bit, you know, in Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales. So consequently, we come up with this concept of um, four marathons, four days, four nations. So, uh, and Scotland will kick us off on September the 5th. It's an international weekend, you know, and we'll start at Hamden Park uh, and walk the, um, the, the 26 miles, which will take us um, to Celtic Park and to Ibrox and to Hamilton and to Fir Park Motherwell as well, um, you know, to raise funds and raise some awareness as well. Absolutely, sounds like quite a journey I'm sure you're always busy on a Saturday Jeff. I think most people uh, know that have you, have you been up to any of these stadiums before? When was the, the last time you managed to, to make it up? Yeah, well I, in the past I've been up uh, pretty much for non-footballing events a lot of the time to be honest at, uh, at Celtic and Rangers so I've been at both the grounds on a lot of occasions um, and I've been another one in the dim and distant past and I'll tell you what, we used to cover on Sky the Scottish Open Snooker, and that was in Motherwell, certainly in the early days anyway, you know, and, and so I, I would sneak off when it was quiet, you know, to, to take a look at the ground. So, um, but uh, it, it's been the first time for a long time, and it's the first time I've been to Hamden today as well, you know, um, and so that, that was interesting, mm. you know, and um, it, it just makes you wonder when you look around, do you think, goodness me, and how about a club plays at this ground? Wow. Yeah, Queen's Park, the home of Queen's Park yeah. as well. Uh, Jeff, of course, the, our, our two games, north and south of the border, are often linked. They were particularly linked a couple of weeks ago with the move of, of Brendan Rodgers. The Celtic yeah. fans might not want me to bring it up again, but that, that would be the big story linking the two leagues recently. What did you make of it? Um, well, I, I thought it was inevitable that, that Brendan would go at, at some stage. I mean, he, I think he's done brilliantly. And, you know, Leicester looks like a good fit. Um, in the sense that, you know, a lot of young players, we know how good he is with young players. I think people like Jimmy Vardy, uh, even at his age, he will thrive under Brendan. Um, so I, I think it was inevitable. I think it's brilliant for Leicester City. But but I also think that, you know, having Lenny, having Neil Lennon back at, at Celtic is a great move as well. And from a, a personal perspective, look, I remember, you know, on Sky coming some of the great European nights, you know, when Lenny was in charge then. And from a personal perspective, I hope he does phenomenally well uh, and and is there much longer than just the end of the season So Jeff, you're at the Millennium Stadium right now uh, last time I was in that ground a certain Stephen Gerrard scored a magnificent goal for Liverpool against West Ham in the FA Cup final did you ever imagine the day Stephen Gerrard would be a manager in Scotland? No, I didn't and Gordon, I was at that game as well and Gerard produced one of the greatest individual performances I can ever see because, you know, you remember, he hauled Liverpool off the floor single-handedly. It was absolutely brilliant. And did I ever imagine that he'd be managing in Scotland? No, I, I didn't really, you know, but he's a young man with a, a driving ambition, you know. And he, he's gone to a fantastic club, and I don't know what the feeling is, in Scotland, but certainly we we look at him and think, well, he's, he's grabbing the opportunity with both hands, you know, and, and showing just what can be done. Alex Ray, I'm wondering how many times over the years Jeff had to sit in that studio and say, oh, Alex Ray's been booked at Sunderland, Wolves, Millwall. We, we are neighbours now in Portugal, Jeff and I, aren't we, Jeff? We are, I see you all the time, we don't we? We've bumped into each other before, yeah, absolutely. Jeff, tell, fact, us a, I, tell us about your own team, Hartlepool. What are you expecting? Can he get out of that division now? 
not this season, I don't think, no. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the start of the season, I, I sat down with the chairman and the chief executive and we thought if we finished mid-table this season, after all the financial problems, we, we were 48 hours from liquidation last season, after all the financial problems, you know, we thought that mid-table, not being threatened by relegation, get rid of some of the high earners, get the club back on a financial even keel, then then that would be a satisfactory season. And that looks like exactly what's happening at the moment. So to be to be really honest, we started the season so well, sporters' expectations were raised sky high, and we were never likely to be able to maintain that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with the way things are going at the moment. And next season, you've heard this before, haven't you boys? <laughs> next season is the season we can have a big push for it. Just finally before we let you go Jeff It's uh, coming to the boil In most of the leagues There's an 8 point gap in, in Scotland At the moment As we move towards this this title race Are you keeping much of an eye On, on who's going to come out on top Between Celtic and Rangers? Yeah of course You know, um, we, you know we try and keep an eye on everything in Scotland During the course of Saturday afternoons And, and you know it's been brilliant Many years ago um, my, my boss, a guy called Andy Melvin, said, you know, why don't you just try, because we just get Scottish scores out, so why don't you try and learn a little bit about the spot, Scottish game, just the names of grounds and managers. Uh, and, and so I, I started to dig in a little bit, and I still found that Scottish football was full of fantastic, fantastic stories, you know. So that was where things like, you know, we, we used to call Kenny Duke of a good doctor when he was a Gretner <laughs> and so on and so forth. So there were some great stories from there. So I always take a keen interest. But don't ask me, Who's going to win the title? Because I've got to be back in Glasgow on September the 5th. <laughs> that is very true. We'll let you off with that one. Listen, <laughs> tell Andy Melvin that we remember him from his glory days in the Aberdeen Press and Journal. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There we go. Yeah. Thank you very much. That was Jeff Stelling joining us because he's walking from Hamden Park. He's going to go to the likes of Ibrox, Celtic Park. Uh, what's it called nowadays? The Hope CBD Stadium mm. in Hamilton uh, and Fur Park as well, all to raise money for Prostate Cancer UK in September. So we just wanted to give that a bit of a mention because it's a, a job well done when it comes around. Thank you very much, Jeff Sterling. At Clyde SSB on Twitter, 0141 951 1025 on the phones. What about this question? Dylan Patton sent it in tonight looking for the last 12 Scottish goal scorers in the English Premier League. Ryan Fraser. Yes, what it, was that last weekend or something? Yes, this weekend, last just weekend. Just scored at the weekend, Robert, yes. Robert Snodgrass. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Fletcher. No, he's killing me. He's taking. He's <laughs> It's been a while since he scored in the top flight. Remember the, the other Fletcher at Stoke. Darren. Yes. Patterson at Cardiff Yes Ritchie at Newcastle oh, Do you know what you're flying You're going to have to leave it there You're showing off Callum Patterson Matt Ritchie Ryan Fraser Robert Snodgrass Darren Fletcher You've got 5 of the 12 mm. Decent Well done uh, Jamie is in Perth Hi Jamie How are you doing panel? Good thank you What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well I've, got, uh, I've been thinking about The past couple of weeks Where you've been talking about The pitch invasions And stuff like that And I've got a, a slightly creative solution to it so I'm hoping you'll give me a liberty of a minute or two Go for it. and I'll talk you through it okay so I was thinking about the strict liability thing and I think it's a very very negative thing and being a teacher I'm thinking about always putting a positive spin on things so I thought about what could we do to give fans a bit more ownership in this and a bit more responsibility to play so how about at the start of the season it's made aware to all the teams that there's 10 bonus points up for grabs at the end of the season and for every incident where uh a fan of your club runs onto the pitch and causes trouble, you lose a point. Now, there was talk last week about opposition fans infiltrating grounds and stuff like that. I don't think for a minute, if any fan of any club 
who knew there was points up for grabs would allow anybody who caused trouble in the crowd by throwing stuff if they saw it to walk out. And I don't think it would be very, very hard then to find out which team the person actually supported. Okay? If you look at also the away game kind of scenario, it also works there. So if the away fans uh, come onto the pitch and cause trouble because the club who is arranging the way fans is selling the tickets through them and they should have their details. I think what it then does is it puts a bit of a positive responsibility spin on the crowds and just for good measure, if you are one of the people that spots somebody at the football causing trouble and you grass them up and they are found and you know, tried in court or whatever, then you get a free season ticket the next year. How about that? Oh, it's certainly creative, Hugh Keevan, so I'll give Jamie that. Yeah. Um, listen, it's well-intentioned and... <laughs> I applaud Jamie for coming on And have been given the matter so much thought I'll give you the fuddy-duddy response I don't think you should be holding competitions To see who can behave well I think it should be your natural instinct to be. If you cannot behave impeccably well At least stay on your side of the fence And don't come onto the park And don't throw things You can shout and ball at players, referees, but just stay where you are and don't throw anything. As I say, I don't think you, you should have a competition to behave like a human being. Jamie, I knew you wouldn't go for it. What do you make of his response? Well, I, I, totally, I totally get that and I was expecting that, but what I would say uh, to you is, you know, we already have rewards. I mean, what I'm trying to... This isn't really trying to deal with uh, the pitch invaders and that. The only way we can really deal with them is... Is banning them and giving them fines, prison sentences, like the quick action they've done down in England today. But what I'm trying to do is to try and address the issue of supporters being very, very apprehensive. You know, what we have to do is we have to encourage a positive atmosphere where I think fans can feel that they can speak up and point out individuals and, you know, maybe not, I'm not saying recognise them, give them a gold medal or anything and put their name in the paper, but I think we have to try and address that and flip that. Uh, issue, which is a big issue because until you actually get people, you know, looking inwards at their own crowds, alright, and Hugh was absolutely right with the what about it, until we stop talking about other teams and looking what our own crowds do, that's the only way you'll get a solution to it. Yeah, how difficult is this self-policing thing, Alex? It definitely yep. it definitely sounds good, it definitely sounds like something we should at least look t- to look towards. Let's talk about the two incidents at the weekend then, you know, James Tavernier um, and Jack Grealish. Can that be self-policed? I don't know It seemed like both of those idiots Just kind of Ran pretty quickly Came from nowhere Yeah both stewards did try to Apprehend him I mean in terms of the other fans Yeah but the thing is How can you Unless one of the Unless he goes to his His pals at the game Goes I'm going to run on this pitch And do something mental Then they can maybe Try and talk him out But if someone's having The decision Premeditated I'm going to go on that pitch And punch someone For me it's very difficult To police and uh, I don't even think you can legislate for it, Gordon, because you could have lots of stewards there, and if you do sprints past you, it makes it very difficult. The worst case scenario is we're going to end up with football grounds ringed by police officers, and that's going to cost each club a fortune, and it may even be unworkable because uh, we don't have enough police. To man all grounds However It's going to end up With something like that And people are going to say You're destroying My match day experience Well Your pal And pals Behind him Mm. Are destroying Everyone's match day experience By throwing things Singing sectarian songs Flares All the rest of it 
So you don't complain if the big stick comes out because the behaviour has been such the big stick mm. will come out shortly. Yeah, but how do we get how do we get a situation here where you don't punish the many for the actions of the few? Yeah. So you know, mass mass punishment, if you like that, or, or mass sanctions. Should should they? Do you understand people who say that they should be reserved for mass crimes? You know, if if you've got a situation yeah. where twenty thousand people are singing a sectarian song or chanting something untoward, then the, you would look for that bigger punishment. If it's still these this one idiot who runs on, that that seems difficult to punish. I, I have every sympathy from from a football perspective. I mean, it's not difficult for the for the police and for the courts. Yeah, I have every sympathy because I know that the vast majority go there for the football mm-hmm. and do not throw. Coins, flares, bottles But we have got to stop this current diseased trend uh, Of all of those things occurring And that in the short term Is going to mean that there'll have to be some pain before we gain Alright, thank you to Jamie in Perth It's definitely top of the, the creativity leaderboard I don't mind that, we'll take those ideas anytime, Jamie uh, Right, the question tonight sent in by Dylan To fulltime at Clyde1.com That's the address that you need if you want to send your questions in Fulltime at Clyde1.com Name the last 12 Scottish scorers in the English Premier League Guys like Callum Patterson, Matt Ritchie, Ryan Fraser, Robert Snodgrass and Darren Fletcher You've got five of the twelve I'll take mm. one more guess each Since he's 25 today And happy birthday Is it Andrew Robertson? Yes Alex Ray uh, You're halfway Phil there. Barsley No uh, do you, Some more uh, McDonald Kevin McDonald No Kearney No <laughs> I'll give you some thinking time And we'll get the answers next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here. Still time to get your calls in. We're kicking off between St Mirren and Kilmarnock. Uh, I know it's not a Saturday, but it still feels like good fun to get your predictions in so that I can wind you up if you get them dramatically wrong later in the week. Hugh Keevans, take us away. St Mirren, nil, Kilmarnock, two. Oh, okay. Sorry about that, Kelly fans. Alex? <laughs> 2 1 to Kilmarnock. 2 1 to Kilmarnock. Yeah, yeah, then. 15 seconds gone. St. Mirren nil, Kilmarnock nil. We'll keep you up to speed on anything that happens in the opening stages. Now, if you've ever listened to the full time teaser and you think, I could get involved in that, I could send a good question in, the address you need is fulltime at Clyde1.com. So tonight's is this sent in by Dylan. Name the last 12 Scottish scorers in the English Premier League. Uh, we've got Callum Patterson, Matt Ritchie, Ryan Fraser, Robert Snodgrass, Andy Robertson. They'll all be this season, I would imagine. Darren Fletcher as well, which means you've got six to go. You're halfway there. Stephen Naismith. Nope. James MacArthur. Yes. Lovely. I'm starting to struggle now. <clears throat> all right, one would be this season, and then there's another couple that you're you come back to some previous seasons. One's definitely this season Because he's only just left our league For that league In the summer mm. <laughs> We already said uh, Patterson didn't we I'm just trying to think What other players went down south Quite a high profile one You're not going to go Oh I forgot about him <laughs> Yes we are I mean he'll be in the Scotland squad tomorrow Oh my word 
Silence The home fans For the team he used to support Hugh Revered him for his hair As much as his footballing ability Stuart Armstrong Stuart Armstrong Oh lovely Right so we've got one, two, three, four to go And plenty of time To get them in Uh, Just before we get back to the phones Let's take a a quick whistle stop tour Of the weekend's big talking points We sometimes uh, get a bit caught out By breaking news like Alan McGregor And we don't get the chance to look back um, quite as much as we would like Hugh Keevans Where should we start? What about... Lanarkshire Lanarkshire Alright let's quickly uh, hear from Stephen Robinson then Performance in the first half I thought some of our play was excellent Some of our football was, was excellent It was actually quite difficult conditions The wind was swirling about The boy said Probably don't appreciate it from the stand Or from where I was standing But I thought we dictated play We were very very good I thought Arabi was outstanding today um, The midfield three were outstanding well, they, they were. Um, the, the terrific performance, good goals. They did a number on Hamilton Ackies, as they say. Uh, and uh, well done to Stephen Robinson and the players, and all concerned at Motherwell because they are re energised, rejuvenated, reinvigorated. They're just the business at the moment. Yeah, I'm just, I'm actually looking at St Mirren. They've really started brightly. Simeon Jackson gets in behind, and it's a last ditch tackle by Finlay, but. Young Kyle McAllister, we mentioned him at the top of the show, the importance of him. He's just dragged one past the post after two minutes. Good, bright start mm. by the Simmering. Yeah, what about the Lanarkshire derby then at the weekend, Alex? It was, it was yeah. over over very quickly, mostly due to that attacking group that Mother will have. It's Hasty and Turnbull again amongst the goals. This time, though, ably supported by Bolly Arribi. Yeah, I thought he was outstanding. The highlights that you've seen, it was all a couple of minutes, but he was in fire. He was unplayable, actually. And then you've got Turnbull scoring. I think that's nine goals now he's got. And then you have... The other boy come in off the left hand side. Just the, 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 you have to commend the work that they're doing at the academy at Motherwell. They're continuously bringing boys through, making a big impact, and obviously rewarding the club with uh, good money as well. And we're led to believe, Hugh, that whilst Motherwell aren't officially giving up hope, it does look like Jake Hasty could become a Rangers player f- from next season. Mm. One of the clubs interested in him. And again, gets on the, the score sheet of the weekend. You're striking well, the iron is hot to a degree because uh, he's come in. From Alloa, he has hit the ground running. Uh, he scored a very good goal at the weekend again, and the Motherwell will receive compensation. It's a frustration for supporters looking at all these young men forming such a good team, but that's what happens. It's a story of Scottish football. It's as old as the hills, as old as me. Well, the, 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 actual, the impact that he's actually made, Gordon, in such a short period of time, I think he's got seven goals. And you think to yourself, whilst he was at Alloa, why did they not tie him up previous to that if they thought he was such a big, you know, he could make an impact as he has done now because it's almost... Well, that's it. such a quick emergence though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he was in, actually in and out the Alloa team at times. So mother, let's be honest, who on earth expects him to come back and seal a move to Rangers yeah. within a couple of weeks? So Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is it's like if they feel as if he's good enough, you know, they might have offered him a one-year extension, but they also had the protection, as you rightly said, about the compensation. We're led to believe it's about £300,000. So... He may well have thought that that was in their interest to wait. Still goalless between St Mirren and Kilmarnock. Looks absolutely miserable. Oh, what a lovely see. night to play football with. <laughs> Shog, you fancy getting the boots on now? No, you're all right. Uh, Corner to Kilmarnock. Let's speak to Charlie and Canvas Lang. Hi, Charlie. Good evening, lads. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, Charlie. What's on your mind? I'll tell you what it is. Uh, it's regarding the situations with the carry on with the coin and the throw and the bottles and all that stuff. I think, to be honest, the last caller was saying about fines and hit, uh, uh, like. Uh, the teams taking responsibility and dropping points. I think that's a disgrace, to be honest, even to suggest that. Because there's not one team in this world 
that would condone what's happening. And I don't see why how the team should be there should have to suffer the consequences of maybe a handful of idiots. And what should be done is, it's a simple one, there's loads of families, there's loads of good people that are going to these games week in and week out. Surely there must be somebody sitting beside these idiots that's seeing them throw the coins. Just remove yourself off the seat as if you're going to the corner to get a pie and just notify the security staff and the police and say, that guy there's after throwing a coin. Go back to your seat and say nothing. And I think the more and more people start taking responsibility for doing that, it'll stop all this problem. Then on top of that, they should be named and shamed on social media, on papers. These guys that are doing that, get them on the papers, because it will affect their work, it will affect everything of these yeah, I mean, Charlie, the guys have been named today. For instance, Paul Mitchell, if you're interested, is the name of the guy who assaulted Jack Grealish. Cameron Mack is the the, the Hibs fan who ran at James Tavernier. So I, I, we'll never really know how much difference that makes. Charlie, I wonder about this, your theory about self-policing, because I know a lot of people would agree with you. I wonder if we saw an ugly snapshot of the problem, particularly with the Jack Grealish thing yesterday. See, when he ran on... And had a and, and swung a punch at Jack Grealish. Did you hear the amount of Birmingham fans that cheered? Definitely, that was wrong. I so totally agree with did, you. That's what, you know, did they, they, they sound like they're they're in a mood to go and grass them in, so to speak? Uh, but you know what? Maybe uh, maybe a few games at closed doors would help that situation because then they would have no choice to say they're going to get to see the football or not see it at all. Self self policing is is fine in principle, uh, but. I can understand why people might not confront people who are beside them and who are mortal mm. throwing a coin to him because I mean, Charlie wasn't, I think, saying directly no, confront them, but I, go I, away I and know, tell you. I know, but if people suspect that you've just nipped out to go and tell a steward or a policeman, then you know you could come back and find yourself in trouble. I I could understand why people were reluctant because in these difficult times for all of us. You never know the reaction you're going to get. You know, you might find that not everyone around you is supportive of turning in somebody who's been guilty of coin throwing or bottle throwing or whatever. Uh, there's no ready-made solution to this. Everyone is trying to come up with something that will help from managers taking players off the park, referees stopping the game and taking the players off the park. All well-meaning, all well-intentioned. But for me, it will come down in the final analysis to a proper deterrence If people think that their lives could be altered By misbehaving inside football but they grounds, already do Hugh This guy's going to jail for 14 weeks His life is altered that, yeah. that deterrent is there Yeah but Well Before you get any more That deterrent has to be shown again and again Okay thank you to Charlie and Cambus Lang Let's quickly do a couple of things It's still St Mirren nil Kilmarnock nil Nine minutes gone Not a great deal to tell you about On the teaser The last 12 Scottish scorers in the English Premier League You've got Patterson, MacArthur, Ritchie, Fraser Armstrong, Snodgrass, Darren Fletcher And Andy Robertson What else you got for me? Dorans? Nope Hmm. Sean Maloney? Nope Struggling We need a, a hint Okay, Scotland squad will be announced tomorrow This guy probably be in it Because we're struggling for attackers He was a winger He's sort of become a striker Phillips Matt Phillips, well done um, Okay, this guy's never played up here And he shares his name with a A singer from the mid-2000s Same team as Phillips Well, same team as Phillips used to play for Yes, so it's West West Brom Um 
Played a lot for Scotland You know Even under Gordon Strachan Up to that sort of time Morrison The boy Morrison in the middle James of the park. Morrison. Yes James Morrison Two more Try to think if he was a teammate of yours at Rangers Forgive me if I'm way off in the years Tell you what Gavin Ray No you also share another former club with him In Blackpool Barry Ferguson Charlie Adams Charlie Adam Wow And the last one If we were going to go for haircuts That were as far away from yours as possible Alex <laughs> Ray This guy has got More like it yours oh, oh. Way longer than mine it's, it's a boy, it's, no, no, no it's a boy No it's Forrest uh, Boyd it was at Burnley George Boyd Well done We got there in the end Thank you Hugh Evans and Alex Ray For joining me tonight It is still St Mirren Nilko Marmot Nil All the reaction to that Plus the build up To huge cup ties tomorrow Don't miss it from 6 Callum Gallagher is up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Get the result You deserve Talk to Thompson's.com